That's, I want you to take every single assignment I give you seriously and do the very best job you can. Success in life depends on a good education. Not always. I beg your pardon? That's not what my brother says. What does your brother say? My brother says, it's not what you know, it's who you know. See, and who does your brother know? Nobody. That's why he doesn't have a job. So if there are two starving artists, and both of them are extremely talented, but one of them is friends with a talent scout or millionaire that hosts paint auctions, who's likely to do well, doesn't matter which one of them knows how to paint better, the one who is friends with the wealthy talent scout will have an easier time selling his or her art. I don't know the specific origin, but this is a very common sense based saying connections always weigh more heavily than raw talent uh, I've, I've gotten the saying thrown at me and even experienced it throughout my schooling days and even when i first got into my my, my profession uh, you know what I'll, I'll 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 go even one better I've, I've even experienced that at my casual job that i was uh doing to make some dough while i was studying at uni i was uh, i was working at a theater as an all-rounder you know cashier the usher in production selling movie tickets everything you can think of i was doing it with with any job that i'm at my main purpose is to always try and get as high in rank as possible and that requires to be backed up by the work i do but i wasn't the type to muck around as much as i did i mean there were the enjoyment of doing the job but when it came time to actually be doing the work, I was on it. Welcome to All Things Relatable Podcast. Um, this is a relatable source. If you're new here, thank you so much for joining and listening. I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, you know, I've been getting a lot of lot of uh, suggestions. When I say a lot, I mean like just a couple of people. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't really, um, you know, at the top level as of yet but you know it really does mean a lot when you guys come up and tell me that you know you enjoyed some of the topics that i've been speaking about and like you know the opinions that are being brought up on it which which really you know it, it puts it in perspective of why i'm actually doing this now this podcast is 100 percent free but i do ask for a small fee um if you find something that you can relate to something that will put value into your life or something that will you know that even if you disagree with or don't like but still want to stick around and find out more tell a friend you know tell your friends a uh, group of friends or if you really want to hook a brother up you know giving a five-star rating on where you're actually listening to this from really does help you know um so next time you're having a conversation with your friends family or colleagues or anyone in general you know just let them know about the podcast tell them about the about what's been happening and the topics that are being brought up if you guys have had those sort of this those certain discussions before maybe i've mentioned something that you guys do agree with or you have an actual good opinion on um you know I'd, I'd also love some suggestions on topics that you would love uh love for me to talk about in, in in future podcasts and 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 now the podcast is not really intended for me to preach my knowledge but i generally want to learn from you guys as well as you know so any feedback is valued and appreciated um we have an instagram page that you know every time i do posts uh, i really do you know like i encourage you guys to to comment and, and like as much as you want you know uh, give your opinions like just this is the this is the only time that i that you can actually hear someone telling you like i 
just just you know t- t- tell her like it is See, you know whatever whatever you got on your mind just say it obviously you know comparing it to the post but but yeah now now back to the story now this particular manager back when i was working at the theater um was promised me was he was promising me things to me that i was uh, for my work that i was doing you know throwing words like manager in there and and to be fair that's exactly what i wanted to hear um and i wanted i wanted to be recognized for the work that i was doing but also hear the words to know that i wasn't working my ass off for for it to be in the same category as the guy or girl that does 20 percent out of 100 you know that's that's required so that definitely motivated me even more to work harder so that I, I could get the promotion or you know the quote-unquote manager position um, and and as things go I noticed one of my colleagues who got the job due to family being in high positions and as the saying goes it's not what you know it's who you know that will get you far in a position and that particularly that particular individual worked about three years less than I did and ended up with a put with the promotion um, I'm not too sure if it was, you know, relating to the work that they were doing or what sort, but I was a bit salty and, and that discouraged me from working at the same level that I was working before when I tried to achieve that management level. I knew I wasn't going to be in a career, like I wasn't going to be a, a career job because it was just a casual p- position. You know, I was getting free tickets and and so forth, but but who knows, you know, there's there's head office that's involved that I was also eyeing out and even higher than that. Being the man that makes the decision on, on a national level was definitely my motivation. But seeing that connections really favors others, it messes you up. It messes your whole thinking. It makes you forget the company you're working for. And even worse, the idea of quitting comes at a staggering level. Like your whole mindset goes on a negative aspect just because of you know favoritism or or the fact is that someone got ahead of you because they just know what to say and know and know the people. Um, but like I said, I was being salty. Um, someone wrote a book and, and then a musical about how to succeed in business without really trying. Uh, it was a prescription for what an ambitious person without skills, talent or brains needs to do to succeed. Uh, it was a matter of being in the right place at the right time and, and saying the right things to the right people quote-unquote it's not what you know it's who you know and it was it was amusing because it alluded to certain aspects of business that we all recognize you know people sometimes fear their way up the corporate ladder others rise to their level of incompetence Uh, it is said usually by someone who's not progression progressing quickly in a career that it's not what you know it's who you know now a listener to the show who doesn't want their name being mentioned so I'm going to respect that. They, they said every every day offers evidence of this thesis. You know, every day they hear of someone being promoted because he or she was recommended by a powerful friend of the boss. Or most recently, you know, at their position that an unqualified man was promoted to a managerial position because he was the lover, secretly, of the man who ran the company. They knew of a secretary who married her boss even, then divorced him to marry her boss's boss, and then was thinking of divorcing and marrying again to one of the top three officers of this major company. 
her business responsibilities rose in tandem. You can tell this this girl really wanted to, you know, sleep her way through, but she was committed to marriage. You know, much of what we hear and read in media and from business school gurus describe new forms of workplace organization that presume robust institutional underpinnings. And with this ideology, technology and social change are working together to establish uh, new organizational configurations like learning communities, you know, like, like LinkedIn, quality circles, virtual teams, communities of practice. But the 360 here is that my experiences on patterns of work in the information economy, you know, shows it shows a trend. Now, the rise of personal social networks, you know, LinkedIn, um, you, can, you can even use Facebook, Twitter, pretty much any social media site there is that you have an opportunity to use it for business. It's a, as, as a key social structure enabling work or promotions within, you know, rather than being nurtured by institutionalized group structures, I see that workers are increasingly thrown back on their own individual resources. Instead of being reliant on knowledge and skill, it's access to labor and information that comes through workers and their own social network structures, which they must carefully propagate and cultivate themselves. You need to pick and choose who you're basically friends with and who you want to, um, you know, let's not beat around a bush. It's who you want to kiss ass. The higher the position, the more likely that they have the power to put you up in the higher rank. Again, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Now, under these conditions, business trends, they're changing so fast. Workers, they leverage their own personal networks rather than relying on unstable, weakening ranks. You know, workers are empowered only if they are successful at creating and maintaining personal friendships which always ends up being with the boss, you know, like I said, kissing their ass like they want to treat. The, the work of networking is a kind of invisible work. Not, it, it's not taught, not accounted for in workflow, you know, not in diagrams or per, per performance evaluations. It's sort of that skill that's needed within and not taught at your work because they don't have the time for it. But the idea of networking isn't exactly, um, it's, it's not exactly a newly established thing that's been going on, you know, since social media came about. It's been actually described to be here since the 1940s. There was, there was a time actually at a university that I was uh, very grateful to be in with, with the relationships that I was making now out of the blue. It led me to working for, you know, for what is considered to be the greatest company to work under. Um, and that's not even, you know, saying it because it was a great company. It was actually voted the best company to work for. Now, the time here was it was about 2016 and, and there was a unit called Organizational Learning and Development at my university, at, you know, Western Sydney University. It was a mandatory unit and that, that all business and commerce students had to complete to gain that one step closer to get your bachelor's, deg your bachelor's degree. Uh, my two best friends, Sham and, and Abbas, um, at uni were, they were pretty much, you know, we, we were all pretty much mucking around as, as much as possible to make uni fun. 
Um, but when it came to assignments, reports, projects, exam, uh, exams, etc., we got our heads down and, and tried to study. I mean, we could have done better, but every student has their distractions. Ours was basically being in the dorm and and uh, pretty much just uh, bringing in food, snacks, um, entertainment to get by the day. Because you know you stick around to those those little booths that you have at college or university and it's pretty much your 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 haven your your study hub for the next nine to twelve hours anyways there was this this friend of mine that told me about this business event this one time now this business event that it happened at the top level of the university where all these big massive conglomerates came in and say they basically say come in and say hi to the students and potentially give them the opportunity to have an internship or potentially a full-time role depending on 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 how well you go now hearing that and and i think i've mentioned this in the podcast before you know finding an internship in marketing was was like finding a needle in a haystack. It was impossible for my end because I kept getting rejected just for the sole purpose of not having any experience. When the actual advertisement says, no experience needed, we will train you. But that's the biggest lie. Now, I was I was beyond keen. However, this the issue was that this event was around 7 p.m. And, and I've been at uni usually since 8. And it's been tiring and i've had units and tutorials and 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 lectures and and my head is just burnt out this meant that i would need to stay back which i hated by the way hold on hold on with me a suit a, a you know blazer tie the whole lot which was a mission in itself seeing as my backpack you know was was small and had little space and my brain like i said it was burning out from all the studying the talking the communicating um the looking at the computer and and the lectures and tutorials and etc but as you've heard from from many of my podcasts you know my goal was to get an internship or a position within my field i listened to him i went to the event he even told me actually before the event he even told me to prepare some business cards of my own to stand out out of the rest of the students that were also going to be there and to be fair that was probably the best advice someone could give me for an event like this it, it, we were the only two people with business cards not for our business no it was a res- it was it was sort of like a resume it had my email address it had my phone number it had my student ID. It had the, the 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 bachelor that I was I was studying, and it had my current GPA, and it stood me out like I'm like like no tomorrow. Him and I were the only ones with business cards, which was significant, you know, uh, considering that the businesses that we were uh, that were there, you know, names such as Google, Yahoo, top accounting firms, and many others were asking for your contact details, and 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 this business card would have it all. Now normally you would just Put up your first last name put your email address a contact number and that's it you'll be on your way not mine had my linkedin that i just set up that day my number my professional email my studies and my grade point average so i just want you to imagine being you know b- being there and and having that many students write their names in and apply for positions and and the one that stands out was me the guy that gave you know his business card that that had everything you need on it 
it put me in a good position and ended up you know uh, building my network in that sense and and before you know i ended up getting a, a position as a business financial analyst normally it wasn't marketing but this i could not turn down it was a business financial analyst with price waterhouse coopers which was voted the best company to work for worldwide again let me clarify that financial accounting or business or being a business analyst was in nowhere near the path that i was studying i had zero experience however the accounting um the accounting students that were studying their ass off and counting to grow their grade point average or gpa however you want to call it to the highest possible was subject to seeing myself go to the top of their industry with the power of networking and just from being at an event that one of my friends just happened to tell me and i stuck around ended up listening to him brought some business cards went through the process mind you the, the, the okay it wasn't as easy as i make it seem out to be but then obviously there is the interview stage where with pricewaterhousecoopers i think there were like four stages where you know it was the initial one-on-one then it was the group assignment and then you get picked by communication then you had a trial run and so forth and and to be fair, I did really well with Price Waterhouse Coopers. I mean, I met a lot, of, a lot of people, made some powerful relationships, but not for the intention of getting through the industry like that, but because I genuinely valued their advice and feedback on how I was getting through. You know, there uh, the one thing, and I'm pretty sure you guys have, have trying to like are picking this up. I value communication to to the t where it's not a matter of okay i network so i can get something out of it no that's always a bonus it's more in the sense that i want to understand where this person came from and how they did this for them to be in that position um, at the start i always say that you know i i can never trust a motivational speaker because they just seem like they're trying to scam you into a product where it's just free to access you know, it's just within yourself to understand. Obviously, some people need it more than others, but they milk the hell out of it. But when you have that one-on-one aspect of you actually meeting those people and networking in that sense, changing the aspect from networking, not to just use them for a higher rank, but networking to, to have valued communications and feedback on the work that you're doing, it, 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 it makes it so much worthwhile. And I like to think that competence is the most important determinant of professional success. You know, let me let me explain that. But if it is, uh, it, it is only over the long run. Anyone who's an expert in a particular field can point to someone who's average in that field who does not know enough to justify his or her, you know, position or reputation and reputation. One needs not be an expert to become president of this or that corporation i mean look at trump or an authority who is interviewed on television on economics or politics or psychology they knew nothing yet it was their communication and the sort of powerful people they had across so it just it was it's a complete 360 of what i just explained different versions of how you want to go about this now some people become famous for being famous usually they're their relative incompetence is more or less a private matter uh, attested to only by workers in the same field but there are those who fail publicly without loss of reputation look at the finance industry where most experts have their performance actually measured and who can be seen to fall 
short of the industrial averages year after year, yet they prosper. They get higher and higher in rank. An individual's failure that is so big in that field could be threatened to annihilation due to their influence and networking capabilities. But years later, that individual was failing at managing still another hedge fund. It is easy to understand how someone in a lesser position who slogs through his work every day, doing the best he can, becomes resentful. It, it does no one any good to go around and muttering about the various injustices of life, telling telling you know them that you didn't get to where you are because of that guy or girl, or because they knew someone. It makes you it makes you out to be salty, and no one wants that. You know, back to my original example. Now, if you look at it, okay, fair enough. That that company or they hired someone with less experience, and it was due to the fact that it might be favoritism or it might be something that just out of the blue. You know, maybe they just really liked exactly what they were offering, and that's exactly what they needed at that time. But then you have to put logic in that sense, okay? When when that person ends up continuing to win the job that's not satisfactory it falls under the company and the people that hire that person so you know there's no point in being salty about it take it from me you know because uh, you know that's the path that i took when i didn't get the promotion i wanted when i was casual at that at that theater place uh, things are uh, are the way they are and not much different than the way they have always been but we are not entirely helpless coping with a world where where the battle does not always go to the strong, nor the race to the swift, nor success to the worthy. It's it's possible to play by these arbitrary rules and still make success more likely. Um, I do not suggest manipulating or blackmailing anyone. You know, I'm not suggesting anything immoral. Um, I'm just suggesting behaving in a sensible way to promote yourself in in ways that goes beyond simply doing the job well there's a difference between networking in a sensible manner and wanting to gain actual feedback and genuine relationships than taking advantage of that gift and going about that workplace known as the guy or girl that sleeps with the boss to get what they want so let's just recap we got two different examples we got the example where networking is just out of uh, pure um, wanting to understand that person and understand where they came from and how they got there and building those relationships and then the bonus is for you to go higher than that, right? Kind of has a positive uh, outlook too. It's not what you know too, you know. And then there's the person that takes advantage of, you know, the relationships that they have because they're relying more on that favoritism side. It was September 2006. And I found myself sitting in a New York City Starbucks, waiting for someone I'd never met before. A couple months earlier, I quit my job at a big Manhattan law firm and decided to set out and explore new career opportunities. In doing so, I jumped feet first into the New York City tech scene. I started attending tech meetups and going to networking events, trying to just get to know as many people in the space as I could. In the process, I met a computer programmer who, after hearing my interests, offered to connect me with another person that he had recently met that was in a similar exploratory phase of his career. So I accepted. And here I was, sitting at the Starbucks, waiting for this person, Dan, to arrive. About 15 minutes after I got there, Dan showed up, we exchanged pleasantries, we grabbed our 
$5 cups of coffee, <laughs> sat down and had what ended up being the first of dozens of conversations at this same Starbucks where we swapped business ideas, shared resources, and generally supported one another in our entrepreneurial efforts. <clears throat> my relationship with Dan over the next seven years really influenced much of my uh, subsequent business success and really solidified my belief in the power of a strong network. My name is TJ Duane. I'm an extrovert. I love meeting new people. Over the last 35 years, I've accumulated a lot of education, and my wife hopes that this is my last degree, and I promise her. <laughs> uh, but in the process, I've really come to appreciate that my education has only done a little bit to bring me to this point, to influence my success. The people I know, and those in my network, really have brought me here today. It's not what you know, it's who you know. It's not always what you know. It's who you know. In fact, I imagine that most of us here in this room today are at the GSP because we share this sentiment. A lot of us were probably motivated to come here to broaden our professional network. However, while we may recognize the value in a strong network, sometimes we don't always know how to do it well. For introverts, networking can be a, a, a ter terrifying proposition. It can be paralyzing. Uh, networking situations really can be hard to get through, and they need a lifeline to pull them along. For extroverts, like me, networking also has its challenges. I, for one, sometimes am a little too confident in networking situations, and that has caused me to step on some, some landmines along the way. So over the last 15 years, I've spoken with hundreds of students and professionals about networking, and in the process, identified a few strategies that I've seen others use that I've tried to employ myself. Uh, some of these are lifelines that have helped me through situations and that I think would help introverts through similar situations. Others are landmines that I unfortunately have stepped on from time to time. So I hope you let me share a few of these with you today. Probably the most fundamental thing about a networking interaction, uh, the, the first thing that I try and do is establish a common connection, a similarity. People like to be around those who are similar to them. For introverts, I usually do that sort of early, for introverts, the lifeline here is identifying something early in the conversation, something you may have in common with the other person and establishing a connection on that. Whether it's, you know, you've traveled to the United Arab Emirates or you've, you know, you've worked in microfinance as Harsh and, and, and Rob have, or, or whatever it may be, find that connection early, establish that similarity, and it'll make you memorable for that person. It's something that I, that I value. The landmine here for extroverts is being a bit too confident or too comfortable or making assumptions too early. Uh, I used to have a, a colleague who was recently divorced and would start out engagements or, or interactions by mentioning that fact, thinking it would like engender sympathy. Let's just say it was a bit awkward. <laughs> Next, be centered, you know, be focused, be in the moment. Uh, all too often we're in networking situations and there's a lot, a lot else going on. Uh, in fact, you know, just last evening I was having coffee with Camilla and we were in town square and there were so many people walking around that I would find myself sort of looking over her shoulder, glancing around. The landmine, that's a real landmine, you know. Don't be, don't, don't take your attention from the person that you're engaging with. Don't wave and nod at someone walking by. It shows that you're not really in the moment. Uh, lifeline here for introverts could be, you know, taking in the person's name, remembering their name, uh, appreciating uh, who you're talking to and using their name in the conversation. It will show that you're, you care and that you're, you're in the moment and you're focused. In addition, you know, listen to their story. 
why are we in these networking situations? We're in these networking situations because we want to broaden you know, the, the people that we know and who's going to add value to our careers and, and our lives. So you want to know how this person's going to be able to add value to you. You want to listen to their story. And sometimes it's hard for people to tell their story. So the lifeline here is you know, ask questions, sincere questions. Draw out their story, their expertise. Identify ways that they'll be able to add value for you. The landmine here, as I've been known to do in the past, is asking too many questions. Uh, this is a conversation. It's a networking interaction. It's not an interview. And on occasion, I may have veered into the realm of interrogation. <laughs> Definitely not an interrogation. I, I've been talking to people who've hit me with like gunfire questions one after another. It's a little bit of a turnoff, and I know I've done it myself. So it's, it's something to avoid. In addition to listening to their story and seeing how they can add value to your network, you want to make it clear how you're going to add value to their network. Why do people network? Again, it's to see how they can broaden their influence and, and the value that, that people can add. So in speaking with someone, the lifeline here is you know, telling your story, getting it into the conversation, you know, talking about your experience, your expertise, your education, the different things that you know that may be valuable to them. The landmine, of course, is telling your story too enthusiastically sometimes. Sometimes talking about your expertise and your experience can come across as bragging. Uh, we've all talked to people who early on in, in the interaction with them, they talk about the, all the great places they visited and the houses they own and the cars they own and all this expertise they have and it, it can be a bit of a turnoff. So be mindful of that. Fifth, just as important as starting out the conversation by, establish, by establishing a similarity is bookending the conversation with a follow-up. A lifeline and following up and following through. A lifeline here for the introverts is trying to identify something in the conversation where you can add immediate value. You know, think of when, the person, when you're talking with a person, think of a way that you may, may be able to make a connection for them straight away, much the same way that computer programmer did with me and Dan seven years ago. Um, if you can add value immediately, do it. If not, you can add value soon after, do that as well. One thing I like to do is if I'm reading a newspaper article or seeing a, uh, you know, I see a product that I know someone in my network may be interested in, I'll go ahead and send it to them. In fact, you know, just yesterday, Sabrina and I met with the COO over at Evernote, and uh, it was a great, great meeting. It was for a class project, and this morning in the Wall Street Journal, there was a, a quote from um, the, the, the co-founder of the, chip or the co-founder of the charter schools, Kip Charter Schools, saying how he lo loved Evernote. It was his favorite app, and it was the one he used all the time. So what I do this morning, I shot an email off to the CLO saying, hey, look, you got, some, you got a nice shout out in the Wall Street Journal this morning. It shows people that you were in the moment, in that networking engagement, you're thinking about them, and you're, you know, you're being mindful about what they may need, and you're showing how, again, you can add value. Following through is super important. Uh, we've all been in situations where someone says they're going to do something and they don't. Someone says they're going to call and they don't. That doesn't work in the dating world doesn't work in the networking world. <laughs> Don't overpromise and underdeliver. Follow up, follow through. And I really do hope you guys enjoy this this podcast. At the end of the day, if you are wondering what I look like, you can follow me on my normal Instagram, which is buzz95. That's B for Bob, O O Z, or if you're in America, it's Z, ninety five. Um, but I would appreciate if you guys do follow me on, on the official page, which is The Relatable Source, just as the name says. And it's not source, it's source, as in the ketchup. Anyways, I'll catch you guys later.